Hey everybody, welcome to another delicious episode of the Collective Podcast. This is going to be episode 63 with Jay and Leah from the studio Giant At. Uh, this episode is going to be focused, and it's really an interesting one, where we talk about Jay and Leah's path and how they manage to create the studio, how they keep it going, um, kind of their value systems and, and how and why they've made the choices and the decisions that they have and how they've managed to get themselves to where they are. They're an awesome, dynamic, married couple that manages to find a really great balance between work and creating a studio and having a married life. It's, uh, it's, it's really inspiring. I took a lot away from this podcast. There's some really awesome people. Big uh, hats off to the studio because they do some really amazing work. There's going to be links, obviously, as always, in the description. Uh, check them out. Send them an email. Send them some love. It was a great talk. This episode's also brought to you by Amazon Prime. Um, as I mentioned before, I, I mean, everybody knows I buy tons of books, and the reason why I mainly have Amazon Prime is for shipping, the help with shipping, so I can buy more books. I also utilize the fact that there's over 500,000 ebooks on here. There's 40,000 movies to stream. There's tons of music. Um, it's a really awesome service. Um, you can sign up for 30 days free. If you already use Amazon, it's pretty easy. You already know how it goes. There's a link in the description. If you want to check it out, go for it. Episode 63, here we go. It's got to be challenging to run a company with people and employees and deadlines and stuff as a married couple or do you guys find yeah, it to be easy? I, th- I think so. I mean, the, the first, the first like fact is that we never really intended to start a company. So it was, I mean, it's a bit more of a, if you get in the backstory a little bit, but giant sort of started by accident where we just, we just made a couple of videos together, kind of just goofing around as a way to just have fun. And we made a video that went viral and then MySpace called us and said, hey, we want you to make a series for us. And then kind of all of a sudden we had this little business. And so we did this one kind of terrible, terrible, well, I mean, maybe embarrassing is a better word, embarrassing project for MySpace where it was, we did this series of videos with the differences between men and women. And as we were doing that, a couple other people called us and said, hey, like, why don't you make a video for us? And we're like, okay, sure. And we're like, okay, like, where do we buy DV tapes? Like, what do we do? Do we need a video camera for this? And so we kind of started cobbling together these videos. And then, and then another one happened and another one happened. So we just kind of registered, you know, a company name for tax purposes. And then all of a sudden it was a business. So it was sort of, um, it, it wasn't like an intentional beginning. It was just sort of this happenstance where we're like hey well we like each other and we like making stuff so why don't we make stuff together and then pretty much you know the room filled up with other people that we started making it with so yeah yeah i guess it's a good way that it came out of like the honest effort of just love and creation so that makes more sense for it to be natural instead of like we gotta start a company we must have world domination so i mean i I don't have uh i mean this is my first time obviously talking to you guys via um, like the telephone or Skype or whatever. But I, I get a sense from your work that it's more, it's coming from a passionate, passionate standpoint, I suppose. Is that kind of, is that proper to say or, yeah, I mean, I I mean I'm sure def- everybody is. Definitely but. true. Um, I mean, Jay and I just 
kind of created a place that we wanted to work because we also work here. <laughs> yeah. So I think we sort of cultivated that and, um, yeah, kept in mind that we are, you know, we started out as, as artists. We met in art school and, um, up and in we Canada. To, yeah. In Vancouver. Ah, cool. And, uh, you know, so that kind of, it sounds a little bit romantic, but that's always been the first thing for us is that we're artists and whatever we're doing, it has, it has to feel like art to us. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, the passion thing is, is a constant for sure. And we just, it's not hard to try to instill that in our team because they are also artists that, that believe in that so strongly. So, um, I mean, that's kind of the easy thing to keep, to keep going. And if you just keep it top of mind, then, all of a sudden, you know, people say to us that they that they can sort of feel that or sense that in our work, which is kind of cool because it's not it's not intentional. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we just we just do our thing, and 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 it's it's cool to hear people say that they can they can sense it when they see something that's made by Giant Ant, or or they or they see something and they know it's Giant Ant just by uh, some kind of a feeling or intuition they get out of out of the piece. So. Yeah, this feels like that there was many hands that touched it in a sense, but it's like, um, I mean, I guess maybe I'm susceptible to it because I, I look at art and consume it in a different way, I suppose, but I always pay attention to um, the little details, I suppose, and I think that's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of love in a lot of the details. I mean, especially with your guys' latest work, um, I think it, it shows where you guys are going, and it's a really beautiful piece, too. And it's, are, you, are you referring to the piece uh, for Costa for the Sunglass Company? I'm talking mm-hmm. about the the one for uh, the project. Um, Guiana. Yeah, Guiana. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of stuff kind of came together in that project, and um, as they usually do. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was cool. And so, uh, I guess on the animation side of things, we we sort of, I mean, again, we we just sort of started making videos a few, you know, five, six, seven years ago, and. And it was never something that we really had a, a good roadmap for. And, and as we you know, got into video, um, animation seemed kind of interesting. So we started to do that. We started to play with that. And we started to build a bit of an animation team. And you mentioned earlier Jorge. So he joined our team. And, yeah, he's uh, wicked talented. Yeah, totally. And, and really helped, you know, I think really helped me understand the power of, of motion graphics in a new way, which is really cool. And um, But on this Costa project, it was, it was kind of neat because we have – you know, we've got some really, really talented people in the room that are talented for different reasons and, and with different aspects of, of their craft, be it design or different kinds of animation. And it was one of those projects where, you know, we'd done enough of these different kinds of projects to to kind of learn what our bandwidth was. And then this was one of those ones where I felt like we got to sort of take that as a starting point and then just start to play a little bit. And we're like, okay, well, like, you know, we know how to do a walk cycle. So, like, let's, let's fuck with the walk cycle a little bit, make yeah. it kind of weird and... Um, we figured out how to draw in perspective now. So like, let's start to break some of those rules and yeah, yeah. see what happens. And so it was, um, it, it was kind of interesting. It's sort of, it, it was a, it was a neat little, like it was a client project, but it really felt like a personal project on a lot of levels in the studio, which is very cool. I think that's the real trick there. Like that's the key. Um, yeah. in your studio, like I, I want to say like, it's, it's so appealing when I see the work and what you guys are doing and where I project where you guys are going to go and become, it's like, so appealing. I'm like, man, I want to go and create with you guys to sit around <laughs> around the, the designer, the designer pit, uh, bonfire and just have some fun, you know, like, oh, I'll draw in perspective. <laughs> no, it's really, it's really, it's really awesome. I, I just, you know, like I, I, I want to just 
say like how awesome I, and, and how much I appreciate what you guys are doing, the work that you guys are doing, the level and the love of it. You know, I really hope that that is always like at the forefront of what you guys create because I can really feel it. I think that's the difference um, <clears throat> between um, good work and exceptional work, you know. And, yeah. and so I would really want to understand too is like how did you guys to, I mean, besides creating the company out of like, I don't know, like just creating stuff and then allowing people to react to it and then building off of that. How about you guys? I mean, did you get, you guys met in art school? What's your disciplines? Uh, well, Leah, Leah maybe comes from a closer discipline to, to what we're doing now. She studied film. Um, okay. And I studied industrial design. Okay. Uh, and so we kind of, we met on my very last day of school. Um, I was sitting in front of the school and had a, an armful of like little model sofas and then met Leah and got all awkward and dropped a few of them and then we went on a date <laughs> and then we decided we'd just spend the rest of our lives together after that date. And except for there was a little blip where I, I took off and went to Michigan for a couple of years to design office furniture in a company called Steelcase, which was really sweet. Um, and then the, yeah, like I said, you know, I was there and I was in this kind of little town, Grand Rapids, Michigan. We had this, you know, an XL2 or something in the studio for some reason, some video camera. And there was nothing to do on the weekends really. So I'd take this video camera home and just sort of make goofy stuff and send it to Leah and be like, Hey, what do you think? You make videos. Isn't this fun? And we'd talk about it. And she'd sort of like teach me how to use Final Cut over the phone. <laughs> and then we, um, I came home for Christmas and we made this video together just based on a viral email called how to shower men versus women. And uh, I went home and, you know, she cut the girl part and I cut the guy part. It was sort of a comparison thing. And then we thought, oh, this is really embarrassing. We can't post this. And about a month later, I just, you know, stuck it up online on MySpace and YouTube. I think this is the beginning of 2007. And then within a couple of days, it had millions and millions of views and we were getting called by all these people. And we ended up, you know, within a week, like quit our jobs, moved back to Vancouver to start, you know, this, you know, content user-created content empire and <laughs> signed with United Talent Agency in Los Angeles. And we just thought that was it, that we'd made it. And, uh, yeah, it turned out to be very different. But um, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if I thought that we had made it. <laughs> oh, I was ready. I was, I was ready to be a celebrity. I was pretty, I was pretty embarrassed uh, being a film school grad and having this shitty video online getting all these views and like we were in the video too so it was like ultimately like so embarrassing <laughs> but um <laughs> i think we were just like let's just ride this this wave because it's probably just this kind of a flash trend and this online video thing and you know and then we can have a little bit of fun and, and just kind of go for it and then go back to doing you know i was working in casting and wanted to make documentaries and you know figured jay would go back to designing furniture after <laughs> the wave had been <laughs> ridden, but it just never stopped, I guess. So huh, it just yeah. kind of changed. <laughs> there's changed definitely something there. Yeah. There's definitely like a, like a energy that you guys are riding off of that possibly that's the funny thing too. I, I think I find about a lot of creatives that they just kind of find themselves in this, in this position where they didn't think it would be possible. But I think it's definitely because of the two of you guys combining, you know, and would you, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, like, I think, yeah, I think so for sure. And I think we've, it's been interesting that we've been able to be sort of uh, teachers and students of one another along the way. And, you know, in the beginning, you know, this was Leah's background was the, the film stuff. So, you know, that's where we started. We started doing kind of, you know, documentary content and, and playing with that and a little bit of kind of live action comedy stuff, which was another interest of hers. And, um, 
And then as we sort of, as we started to develop our craft a little bit um, and figure it out a bit more, I started to gravitate more towards um, how to de- apply my design background to, to moving images. And so naturally kind of animation followed. And we had uh, a couple of guys that started to work with us a little bit that, that had a bit of animation talent. So that was kind of cool and started to learn from them and, um, and build that side of it out. But it, it's always been, I mean, I guess really in the beginning it was sort of, we were kind of doing this for one another, I guess, in a way. Like we had clients, but we're like, hey, like, you know, if we're going to spend our lives together doing stuff, like we've just quit, you know, pretty well-paying jobs that were kind of sweet. So like, let's, if we're going to be together and do this, let's make it really, really fun and really creatively satisfying to to make up for the stuff that we're, we're not doing all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. That's really inspiring too, because it's coming from such like a wholesome place. It's just, I don't know. And that's awesome. It's really inspiring because, yeah, good on you guys. I'm I'm giving you invisible pats on the back right now. Oh, feels really good. <laughs> uh, well, I'm giving you a massage, actually. No, oh, that's why. That's why. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. Um, if you guys like, so I'm seeing what you guys are doing now. Is there what do you guys see as what you want to be creating towards like in a year from now? Or do you guys even project like that? Or you guys could just keep riding the wave and see what happens? Or um, I don't know. I, I don't think we really, we haven't put that much thought into what we want to be making in the future. And so we kind of have two departments right now. I run the, the animation department. We runs the live action department. So we do, we do a ton of, um, well, Leah, you can talk to that. We do a ton of documentary content, which, which is starting to get a little bit longer, which is interesting. So we're mm-hmm. sort of moving into to longer form content, just finished a three episode TV show. Um, oh, yeah. Starting to work on a film. So that's kind of, Good for you guys. Want to chat about that stuff a little bit? Yeah, yeah I mean it's it, it, it's interesting that um, you know that's kind of was my passion when I was in film school was documentary and it's and I'm sort of um, it's evolved into a place now where we're doing a lot of of, of short form documentary storytelling and um, I mean for me it's just like kind of a dream job because I I direct our live action content as well so I'm it's really great to be kind of right in there but yeah it's evolving so I don't know that we really um, definitely in the live action side, we don't really, um, we're not really sort of projecting where we want to go with it, but I think that, um, certainly in, in, in television and in, um, documentary and nonfiction content, the yeah. medium is totally evolving right now. So oh, yeah, it is. it's kind of an exciting place to be, um, where we can, um, you know, where we're sort of experts in certain things, but it's changing so quickly that we just kind of have to react. Um, but it's certainly not boring, and I don't see it becoming boring ever if the if the industry keeps um, kind of grow, growing out of its sort of old broadcast model, yeah, um, which yeah. I which I'm excited to see it do. <laughs> yeah, same, same. Um, so yeah, so for me, kind of on the live action side, although we do um, quite a bit of advertising as well, and you know we do the odd kind of traditional TV spot. <clears throat> um, the uh, the kind of more experimental stuff is what gets me really excited. So I think, and I think Giant like I think our our small live action team here, and, and all the all the teams that I work with outside of the studio, um, you know, uh, cinematographers and and other editors and whatnot. Um, I think it's exciting to kind of bring those teams together and see what people can come up with. Yeah, you set yourself up in a position where you can you can work with people and learn and grow with them 
in a random position, you know, like you can go, oh, now this job and we have enough money to like hire a cinematographer and then you can just be around them all day and be like, hey, what lens is that? What are you doing with that? Why are you using that? What are you using that? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's great too, because they're, you know, like the, the software's changing, that the industry's changing, but also, um, you know, the, the equipment is changing a lot. So I work with a lot of photographers who are now um, playing around with, with video Mm. And, um, that's kind of a cool, you know, you know, everybody's sort of, um, industry is kind of opening up. So I'll also hire guys that shoot, um, you know, ski and snowboard films and bring them onto a documentary and like, see what they can do with that. And so yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Kind of fun to, it's kind of fun to kind of orchestrate that talent and, and try to, um, make something that, that is a little bit different within the medium. Yeah, I think that's the goal, right? I mean, if you're constantly repeating yourself, then it's kind of odd. But if you're constantly trying to do something and try little things out along the way, I think that's what it's all about, really. Um, at least for me. What are some What are some of the documentaries that you really admire or love? I have a couple I want to talk to you guys about. Is oh, yeah? <laughs> if you're into documentaries, because I love them. I love them more than film sometimes, because they're just, they're real. Um, they're Obviously, they're they're their reflection of reality, but they're as real as it, they're more real than a fictional story, obviously. But yeah, what are some um, uh, documentaries that you love? Because there's probably some that I haven't seen. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the I like the kind of unexpected ones, but I like all different genres. I mean, I I love a good environmental uh, documentary. You know, um, I don't know if you know Manufactured Landscapes, but mm -hmm. that was by a Canadian filmmaker called Jennifer Backwald. She's um, she's done a couple more films since then. And it's just a really amazing um, cinematic way to to, sh to shoot a documentary. Hmm. Um, so I kind of, I love that. I mean, I, I even get into like Werner Herzog stuff. It's pretty intense, but I, I kind of like his fearlessness. So I, I like his stuff um, every once in a while, although I, I kind of need to like go on a yoga retreat after watching one of his movies. Cause there's, <laughs> there's just like super intense yeah um yeah what other films have i seen recently that i've gotten excited about i mean i watch a lot of documentaries on netflix that i just kind of you know um that's another thing that's a great thing on. about netflix is that it has yeah. the ability to get like um otherwise unseen or kind of hidden um art out there to people like us who just want to watch new content or just be inspired by things too but yeah that's cool yeah yeah and i like i like the documentary model being kind of busted open and um i like to see films like the imposter i haven't i haven't watched it yet but I, i'm not sure if you saw that one no i haven't you seen know it there's yet. like a bit of like well yeah i have seen it i loved it yeah yeah like yeah. something like that i mean i've seen that's wonderful. scenes from it and like they're just sort of taking um a new I think a new take on the, um, what do you call it? Like the, uh, reenactment yes. know, and doing it in a way that's like super cinematic and super compelling. It was so the question so of well like, done. what is, yeah. what is a documentary is like very interesting to me. And, and, and also like collaborating like here, the work that we do here, um, you know, we do sort of traditional documentary approach sometimes, but, um, what I really love is some of this, some of the stuff that we do where we team up with the animation guys and we'll, and I'll, and I'll, you know, I'll do, um, interviews, uh, just like pure audio interviews and then we'll, and, and we'll have the animation team create the visuals for them. And that's a cool form format of documentary that I think 
yeah. get explored a lot more. It's another category, really, huh? Yeah. yeah. That's really cool, too. Interpretive meaning, I suppose, right? Imaginative interpretive yeah. meaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. You're getting two different spectrums, which is really interesting. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, but it all resonates with what's key to, to you guys, obviously, which is telling story um, and, and telling it in, in one way or the other, um, which I think is awesome. But that's really cool. I have to really, I have to check those out. I haven't seen the other one. I haven't seen the films. Maybe I have from the other guy that you're talking about. And I haven't seen Manufactured Landscapes yet. Oh, it's a beautiful film. Yeah, what, I need to watch it. What were the it. ones that were your top of mind? Right oh, now? man, I got so many. <laughs> I love so <laughs> many. There, the, the, the two, the top two that, um, well, there's three that I just, I melt for every time <laughs> is, is obviously Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. because, because I freaking love the story and I'm a big fan of Japanese uh, culture and tradition because it's just like so disciplined. It's like everything that I'm not. So I just, I love the shit out of it. <laughs> and then uh, King of Kong, which I just, yeah. it's, it's fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. It's just, if, if you're listening and you haven't seen King of Kong, like stop what you're doing and, and go watch it because it's, it's such a fun experience. It's like, you couldn't write that. It's so good. You know, like oh, there's, good call. that is a great film. Have you seen Indie Game? That's another, Indie like, Game is fun. It, I feel it's like throwing up for some reason <laughs> or like, I just felt super like tied up in my, my stomach um, for the characters. You know, I just felt like, <laughs> I just felt like, why is this guy doing this? No. Why didn't anybody tell him to stop why doing so that? <laughs> Does he have uh, lupus or something? That words I think. <clears throat> yeah. Freaking pale guys. Yeah, there was like, I mean, part of me, I mean, I, I, that's what you said too. It wasn't as good, but I, I think that, I don't know if it's what it is, but it is, it's, it's, it's like, but I think it's the subject matter that makes it so odd. I mean, it, what's cool is people are finding a drama to sew between and put it in through an edit, basically capturing it and putting it and editing at a drama. Basically it's, it's, it's a well edited piece of uh, thing. And I think that's what I got from, um, um, King of Kong, the way it sets itself up and then the conflict, the rise. And it was just a very incredibly smart way of putting these things together and finding, I love the idea of finding um, extraordinary events in the ordinary, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Brad Bird's all about that. He's one of my favorites is for, for um, his animated stuff. It's just so wonderful. And he's all about that. Um, and, and I love that because as you watch these things, you're just like, shit, like, how did I miss something like this? Or how did this even uh, happen? You know, I didn't realize that this is possible, you know. And the last one is Gregory Crudson movie. I'm a big fan of him. He's a big inspiration for me um, in his documentary. Have you ever seen it? No. Do you know who he is? No, I've never. Check him out. He's a really, um, he's a really interesting um, photographer he takes like extremely large format photographs but he captures like it's kind of like david lynch uh blue velvet style like that was a big inspiration for him so he's got these really odd um lynch style visuals um yeah once you see it you'll, you'll know what i'm talking about yeah it's really really inspiring um but i the thing i love is that he's got he puts this crazy level of production into his, his photo shoots, like movie theater. I know movie theater, movie scale, like like Ridley Scott's Blade Runner style mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, production. Yeah, yeah. And it's just one for one photo. And I just love the shit out of that idea because it's he's just being a slave to the medium. You know, he's like, he's really respecting it. So it's really impressive. I, I highly recommend that to anybody. But 
yeah, that inspired my recent project because of how awesome it was. So. Oh, sweet. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah that stuff you did for off was beautiful. Oh, thank you for so sure. much. Oh yeah, that's a big tra- props to Anthony and everybody else that was involved in that. Yeah, but thanks. Yeah, no, it's it's creating stuff is so much fun, and with your when you're with the right people, it, it just can be the most effortless, enjoyable experience. Yeah. But you have to set that up, right? Do you have? Do you guys have some kind of advice or thoughts about how when you when you have basically when you bring a, a new member to the family, I suppose, is there something that you look for in like the aspects of them being a genuine person or whatever. <laughs> um, that's so funny. I get asked this by email almost every day. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, let's answer some email things. just a broad swoop so you can just send them this. Well, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I never have a very good answer. And so I guess, you know, part of it goes back to like when we started, you know, I, I've said this like three times already, but when we started working together, Leah and I, it was because we wanted to work together. And so, um, and be together in the same room and hang out and make stuff. And so, when, <laughs> so but when we, when we brought other people into the studio, it was really important that, that these are people that we felt like we could spend those days with and not have it, you know, be a hindrance to the, the way that we wanted to spend time together. And so it's been, you know, as much as we, we definitely look for people that love their work, um, the way that we love our work, people that have great taste or show great potential. But we also, I mean, a huge amount of that is, um, people that, you know, share a similar worldview around, around work and around uh, beauty and around, you know, responsibility. And then people that just aren't douchebags. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, uh, you know, it's, what's really cool is that I think that that's one of the greatest things we've done with China so far is to curate a group of people that's just so, so rad. And, you know, saying this to Leah the other day that, you know, the more I get to know all these people, the more I like them. And it's not like I'm a super, like altruistic person where I just love everyone. Like there, that doesn't happen with everybody. There are people that I like less the more I get to know them. But sure. But in this, you know, in this room, it's it's just great. Like I really, I feel like at any moment I could go, you know, have a beer, or spend a weekend, or you know, have a deep like emotional chat with anybody on the staff if you know if if they wanted to do the same. So. And I think also like we align we align on some pretty simple fundamental things with our with their team or the people that we sort of bring into the fold yeah and and we've and giant sort of always had these three rules and i think and so the and i'll tell you now what the rules are let's hear those (laughs) rules people pay attention people yeah so rule number one is don't miss a deadline yeah and that is just like that is just sort of a simple thing that that jay and i kind of in the very beginning were like you need to you need to honor your commitments and, um, and, and, you know, if you you've tell somebody you're going to do something, you need to follow through on that. So that's just, that's a super simple one, but in business it's, it's very important. It's super important to us here. Um, and then the second rule is don't be a douchebag, <laughs> which is, which <laughs> is a, just That's like, a blanket rule for the yeah, world. Yeah, I mean, it, it is, but it, again, it's like, it's so, it's so simple, but it's so important and people forget it, um, often yeah. in our industry. And, and that just means, um, you know, respect respect the people you work with respect your clients treat people with kindness um it doesn't mean don't disagree though and we we really do mm -hmm. value disagreement with um as part of the creative process with clients and with one another so Mm -hmm. it's not it's a fine line though it is i think it's about uh, articulated communication though that's what it breaks down to Mm -hmm. because that's that's, if you're um 
communicatively mature or whatever, however you would say that, then I think you're able to convey your ideas without being a douchebag. I think that most of the time people get lumped into being douchebags because they don't know how to communicate well. It's um, probably, I'd yeah. pr- I'll probably say 99% of the douchebags douche I know is because they don't know how to communicate. Yeah, but if they easy. did, yeah, I'd be like, hey, all right, I hear you. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> I think yeah. there's also something about this industry, the advertising industry that sort of, like there's like a get it a jail free card for douchebags where it's almost like yeah what the heck you're allowed to be a douchebag because you're in advertising or because you're in design or whatever and i i we kind of think that's bullshit where i agree with you 100 percent. i think it should be about people people creating things people creating content really at the end of the day if you think about it um we're all just people and um we're sitting at the desk or standing at the desk and we're all doing our best to do what we have to do we're just people, you know, and, and I don't, I don't know. It's just, that's an absolute yeah, truth to me. Cause I don't, yeah, I don't know what the deal is with all that stuff, but I guess it's just part of human nature though. And especially the agency world, it really it wraps itself up in it. Um, but. And rule number three, <laughs> my drum yeah. do it. Yeah. Rule number three is put love in your work. Uh, yeah. That one is sort of whatever you want to make of it. But for us, it means, um, it means that we find something in every project that we're working on, even if it's, you know, even if you lose that inspiration and we ask of our team to just find something about it that um, you're going to put, put some effort in and, and do it the best you can. Um, Cause it shows, it always shows, I think in the work. So um and, Cheer and you care about it, and I, I think also <laughs> yeah. the other the other thing about put love in your work is like we we very carefully um, choose the projects that we work on, and we make sure that the whole team um, can get behind whatever whatever the client client or the product or the you know the movement or whatever it is that we're we're you know we're putting work out there to support that thing we we're very careful that everybody on the team can get behind that whatever that thing is yeah and when you do like when you give a shit and when you care and it's not like um you know you're just sort of going through the motions that like i feel like the work just gets so much better and more inspired and totally and it's a hard thing to do like it's it's hard to it's hard to turn stuff down especially when the budgets look nice yes of course (laughs) money doesn't mean it's good though and that's a absolute that's that makes total sense i didn't realize you guys did that but that totally makes sense to me that you guys would do that because that's how you keep it really pure and i admire that you guys are including your family in on the decision making because at the end of the day they have to support that they support mm-hmm. you, you support them, and they have to create it, you know. So that's really, that's a really smart way of doing it, I think. It's like a lot of people, I think, when they create a business, maybe for me, my personal outtake on the companies that I've worked for, but they'll consume anything and everything. They'll just walk on the street and pick up trash off the street and start eating it. And that <laughs> that shit makes you look like, that shit makes you look bad. Don't do that, you know. So, yeah, and not to say that certain jobs are like that, but yeah, some, if you're not feeling a job, it's going to show. You know? Yeah, we've been really careful with that all the way along too. And um, I guess it comes back to just, you know, if we're going to do this, let's enjoy it. And um, we made a decision really early on that let's only do, well, okay, so we made this really informal kind of list of criteria. So it was like, would we use this product or service? Would our moms be proud? Uh, <laughs> is it a creative opportunity? And then, you know, right down at the bottom was, is it a financial opportunity? And so we sort of, you know, 
again, like super altruistic at the time, we're like, okay, well, if we just do work that we believe in and we do it really well because we believe in it and we put in the extra whatever, 10, 20, or like 600%, depending on <laughs> what the project is, <laughs> yeah. um, eventually, you know, our tribe will find us or we will find our tribe and the people that, that feel the same about this stuff will start to gravitate towards us. And I think what ended up happening is we ended up with a, you know, portfolio that, you know, there's a lot of nonprofit stuff in there. There's a lot of kind of social business stuff in there, like people like Tom's. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we started to attract people that, that cared about working the same way, like on client side, as well as on kind of the team side. And, and yes. it's actually been like the most kind of intuitive, but also the most successful marketing tool that we've ever deployed is just like, you know, do shit that you want to do. And then yeah, you yeah. want to, we'll find you. <laughs> it seems simple, so but simple, people but. fall off of that instantly because of the temptation of money. It's so true though, but that's, I, 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 I really admire that. And I think that's a very, very smart thing to listen and pay attention to. If you're listening to this, that the, to pick and choose what you're doing because people will judge you by it at the same time, you still have to do it. So be very cautious <laughs> yeah, about it, you know? And we're the, not, not going to be the kind of business owners that are going to like, you know, take some six-month like mining safety video project and have the team just crank on it while we sit and drink martinis some, somewhere. Like it's just, we might be drinking like, martinis, but yeah. they're like cheap, cheap <laughs> right, gin. <laughs> right, right, right. With, right. It'll be right next to your mouse as you're yeah. slaving well, and sweating I, away. I don't know. I, I want to add though that like we're not like this is aspirational right like Mm. it's something that we say out loud in order to keep trying to do it and it's not like we haven't failed and it's not like we haven't we we don't have those ones that were once in our portfolio that we kind of felt a bit gross about like we (laughs) have totally done that and we totally totally failed and like a couple years ago like I remember standing in the bottom of this pit mine in northern BC and it, and I just was like at the bottom of this mine and I was like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, yeah. this is so, this feels so wrong. And when I got back, I said to Jay, I was like, I'm never, we are not, we can't do this again. But yeah. we, you know, but we did it. We took it on and, you know, we just, we needed to or whatever. So you committed we, to we, it. Yeah. yeah. So it's hard. Like, I don't, I don't want people to, to listen to think that, you know, it's just sort of, you just. Oh, just pick your clients. Like you can't do that. You certainly can't do that in the beginning, too. Well, you learn too. You you, you might, it. yeah, you might think that this client's really great and it might all line up, and then and then somehow they get fired, and then their 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 one up above them is is now in charge, and he's a complete douchebag and makes it yeah. a completely horrible experience. You never know. But what, what, yeah, what I'm really excited to hear is that like you guys are making a, an effort internally to go. Let's do the things that we feel we love or want to be involved in there's a power in that choice that not uh, it's it's it, it comes from i guess a sense of maturity but at the same time it comes from a good place of making good art i think um because if you have to do it for monetary exchange which we all do because we have to pay the bills and, and, and take care of our families but it doesn't have to be at the cost of your soul you know and and, no, and, and, no. and i mean but some people will really enjoy doing um, a job that you wouldn't like. So there's, I think oh, there's a sure. thing for everybody. And I think there's one thing that I always remembered uh, somebody, I think it was, uh, I can't remember who it was that said it, but if you're doing a job that you don't want to do, you shouldn't do it because there's, you're taking it from somebody else, you know? Totally. Yeah, totally. So, totally. And, and I don't know, but that's just a choice, but it's cool that you guys are learning and trying that. And, but the, the great thing is that your, your soul, it, where, where the drive is coming from is in the best place 
I think, and which I, I really admire. I think that's great. I'd also say that we're like right now, I, we're pretty fortunate in that. Um, well, a, a few things. So like the appetite in, in advertising has changed a bit from, you know, like there's been this, this wild pendulum swing towards these authentic stories and, you know, documentary and this kind of like emotional storytelling stuff and storytelling has become, you know, such a buzzword. And it, it's always something that we've been really interested in, like, Oh, let's tell nice stories. And, and <laughs> yeah. it just so happens that kind of at the moment that we got good at that, um, that's what the, the market was demanding. So I would say we're, you know, tremendously lucky to just be in a position that there's a lot of that work out there. Um, you know, and like, like in motion graphics, if you think, you know, four or five years ago, everything was an infographic, right? Like it was all about, you know, data and numbers and <laughs> yeah. storytelling through justifying through logic. And then, you know, that pendulum swung way in the other direction. And we've got these super like cutesy little emotional things where, you know, the big, the big awards of the year are things like, like uh, dumb ways to die and, and these little kind of stories that, that appeal to the opposite side of the brain that we were trying to appeal to a few years ago. So like, huh. who knows where it's going to go, but it's just like for us right now, it's just in this super exciting place where people want these kind of beautiful, epic, emotional journeys to take people on. Um, and that's what we like to do. So, Which is, yeah, it just kind of naturally flows. Do you guys often follow the industry or the trends and see what's going on? I try not to pay attention to it at all, actually, completely. I just kind of unplug it. But maybe I that's to bad. I say that so. I don't, but I, I totally, I mean, you know, I, you know, well, Jorge, who works with us, has got uh, a Vimeo channel called kind of Wine After Coffee. And so I, I, I check that every, every day and, and there's just really great stuff on there. I check out Motionographer, that kind of thing too. But um, I, I'd say that we, you know, we, we do really try hard not to be, um, not to make decisions that are on trend. Yeah, but, of course. You know, the more you look at stuff too, it's, you know, that you gravitate towards stuff that you see that you like. And so it's, what it's affects kind of a you? fine balance, I think, of, of staying inspired without, um, without kind of me tooing stuff. Yeah, so yeah, or falling it's, it's into the same. We do, we do talk about that quite a bit. Yeah, because it's like you can, um, I think, um, you know, so when I look at the art of creation, um, money isn't really involved with it. It's this weird thing that kind of is involved in our world for somehow, it's just an exchange of time and effort. So we have to have something like that, a currency of some sort. But art, art for me, is such, it, when it's really pure, it comes from like the most natural of senses, you know? It's like it's like the first time you drew a, like a Happy Mother's Day card for your mom. Like you weren't getting paid for it, but it was the most genuine thing that you did, right? No, my dad totally paid me for those. <laughs> he was like, ah, here's five bucks. My parents are divorced. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mother's Day. Art, art no, I was just saying like, you know, art comes from like a really honest, pure place. And when you add in all these different factors it's really easy to get lost in that translation of what's what really, you know, like, Oh, what am I supposed to do here? And, and, and all that stuff. But I think that the key is, is, is really keeping it pure, at least for me. And that's what I'm picking up from you guys. You know, I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it. I usually try to be as incredibly honest and direct as possible to, to, to <laughs> be in a dick almost. So that's cool that you pick up on that or that you feel that way. So that's, that's hugely flattering. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I think that's such a challenge. Hey, like, you know, we are, you know, it's not just, it, it's not just us too, where we can make, you know, kind of willy nilly decisions about what we take on because we only need to support the two of us, but we've got, 
you know, 15 mouths to feed. So the reality is that we do need to trade a certain amount of hours for a certain amount of dollars just for the, like the physics of (laughs) keeping the doors open to work. Yes. Um, And it's, but it's, you know, it's so tricky on those projects where you're like, okay, like we're going to make a piece of art, make something that's beautiful. And, um, and, and trying to keep in mind that, you know, on the one hand, we're trying to make something really incredible that we're proud of and that our friends are proud of and that, um, people that we show are excited about. But then on the other hand, we're like, we're making something for a client. Right. And, um, I think it's, you know, I, I see a lot of work out there, I guess, that I, I sort of wonder if the audience was the client or if the audience was the Vimeo community. And, <laughs> yes. And like, well, that's all, know, that like, happens every time with design and art, though. If you look back in art books, it's like everybody's like sucking each other off. It's like, what the heck? Everybody's drinking each other's <laughs> Kool-Aid. It's like, no. And then you have then you have a random person out of nowhere that's just like, fuck it all. I'm doing my own self, like my own shit. And then it's like, everybody goes... Oh shit! Let's go follow that guy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. totally. Or let's let's admire that's let's cool. let's appeal that's to that guy. Let's yes, that. let's appeal to this person and let's be able to that. And that's the trends. That's what I'm saying. Are the dark valleys that you can get lost in and oh, yeah. and stuff. But if there's a pure intention there and you're really being yourself, then I think no matter what, even if you are following a trend, you will be seen as being yourself. You know. So, but that's my my opinion though. Does it guys? Does it freak you guys out to have? employees when you guys were growing did it get it kind of scare you guys at all or you were just like yeah fuck it uh a couple like we, we definitely bounced a few paychecks in the beginning and that and like that sucked but, yeah um, no i think it was every time i remember the feeling of every time we hired on a new person it was totally like terrifying how yeah. the fuck are we gonna do this no, like, think, but, seriously think about it like it was t- i'm sorry i'm addressing jay now I, it was totally like every time every time we added someone new i felt i feel like jay went into this like two day like <laughs> yeah I, I go to i go to a dark place i would time. too it would freak me out yeah, yeah, that's what I'm asking you because yeah, totally, totally, and you know, like most of those hires have luckily like worked out, but there's definitely been a few like sad, sad breakups <laughs> in there, sure. which is kind of no good. And, but it's I don't know, it's hard. It, it's hard on a bunch of levels, and one being you know, like we never got into business to be in business, and so um, although there, maybe we have some some qualities of being natural leaders in some ways, there there's some qualities that we probably are wanting for like you know the like hr stuff and you know you know having to be really fastidious about like reviews and salary adjustments and all that kind of shit that we just just i don't know it's stuff that we don't necessarily want to deal with but it's uh i guess it's worth it to have such a cool team to collaborate with but it's i don't know i mean i I think we sort of we're at a, a size right now where like there are, the studio is 15 people. So we've got 13 employees and it's sort of, it's at a funny size where we can't just be one of the team anymore and, and hang out and just kind of make cool shit with people. We need, we need to be like bosses. And so there's this, we, well, at least I go through this struggle where like, I'll go through these swings. And I'm like, no, I'm going to be a boss now. Okay. So I'm doing boss stuff. Cool. Like, yeah. So yeah, all the, all the books are in order and everything looks good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know, like business, business. And then, you know, I'm like, oh, but I'm sad because I want to draw something cool. <laughs> so I'll like insert myself into a project in kind of an illogical way sometimes just to like, just to feel like, hey, I still got it. I can still do this stuff. Sure. And, well, because you're changing, you're transforming, you know, totally, whether you yeah. want to be doing it or not. 
Yeah. Do you like that side? Do the, both of you guys like having to be that transformed person? Because you, in order to me, keep it going, you have to, right? I mean, you have yeah, to. I mean, I think we both like we both sort of have different um, variations on the, you know, the control freak or the like, just wanting to um, be in the production because that's what we started out wanting to do, right? But yeah. it kind of comes out in different ways. I mean, I certainly, I certainly kind of um, hold on. To, you know, I direct our live action content, and I, I won't always in the future but like for now I do and it's like it would be really hard for me to give that up yeah <laughs> hire a director to to come in although although it would probably be good for the <laughs> for the for the work right if I could kind of like let that go a little bit but well maybe or maybe not it depends <laughs> on what I guess you're after you know that's like that's what I'm saying is I think it can be kind of scary and ambiguous it's like because it grows and goes so fast and when you get that many people, that's what always scared me about it. Maybe I'm maybe I'm going to cause you guys some anxiety, so maybe I should stop. But I'm yeah, <laughs> you're all stressed. Shut up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's that's. I mean, there's been a couple times where I, I've considered creating a company, but I would always just push out and be like, no, I could because I'm just so afraid of that person that I'll become because I could I know it'll possibly be, and I'm just like don't want to. I don't think I'm mature enough to, to do that at least i'm so afraid of the idea of having a company it's just like yeah. taking care of people and their families and stuff but yeah, at the same time it's yeah. huge it's huge and, and and only until you do that do you really understand like that um side of things really you know it's it's a whole different it's a whole different side of things that are really i don't know i think it's important at least for everybody i think it'd be really great for people in general to do it myself included just to get a better idea of how the world works kind of in a sense you know but i guess so i mean if, if that's how you want to figure out the world all the power to you <laughs> well i think it's just understanding different perspectives really yeah you know? because yeah. as a business owner now you get to understand like oh like it really sucks when somebody shows up to late work but i love them and now i have like this really weird thing with them that they're not matching me with what I need, but I want to be their friend, but I can't. And now I have to like cause a conflict. And it's like, because I love my company so much and there's all these different like avenues, there's all these different dimensions basically, you know? And, yeah. and, 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 I, and I applaud you guys for, for doing that, you know, because it's not easy. Yeah. You touched, I mean, uh, you touched on something that I definitely struggle with, um, yeah, and you could probably ask anybody that works here and be the first thing that they tell you, but it's uh, like as someone who, well, two things, I guess. One, like we're kind of the same age as all of our employees. Okay, that helps. Or kind of roughly, which it helps and doesn't help. Yeah, in some yeah, way it's true. Right? Because, so there's that, and then also coming from a place of wanting to be, wanting to be a creator. And so we've hired all these really, really wonderful people that are really, really talented. So what I want to do is like, hang out and learn from all these people like yes. oh cool that, that that's such a cool thing you did with photoshop like can you teach me how to do that or like oh wow that's really interesting the way you thought of the lighting for that like i want to learn from you now but then sort of sometimes those things like you know being a buddy and a student are kind of in direct conflict with being being a boss <laughs> and so it's totally um there's kind of I go through this sort of emotional roller coaster every once in a while where I'm like, fuck it. Like, I just want to, I just want to be one of the guys. Like, just give me a scene. Like, I want to paint some trees. Green. Like, go have lunch at the sushi place. Like, that'd be sweet. And then it's like, oh, actually, like, what I should be doing is like, you know, 
typing stuff in spreadsheets and <laughs> doing some of that. So much and, fun. And, you know, being, being more strict about people tracking their time and, and making sure people are, you know, here and getting the shots done and stuff like that. So it's, um, it's tricky. It's tricky to, to be both. And I think um, there seems to be kind of a, a funny magic number around like seven or eight people that we hit where it's, you can be kind of a, a player coach in a way that's, um, where you, you're super immersed in the team and it's really small and it's, it's small enough that everyone kind of has autonomy without having layers. That's, um, that's exactly the right number too. From what yeah. I've read, and I had a guy, a really talented artist named Thomas Scholes on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about that exact thing. And oh, I, actually, yeah. I actually mentioned to him that I found out that it's actually four people if they're really, oh, really? talented because what the dynamic of it is, at least for problem solving, is you have the leader the um, the naysayer, the supporter, and then the middle that f- that floats between the three of them, and then that one <laughs> that one helps decide which where it really actually does go. Uh, that person's got all the power, eh? Jeez. But you don't realize it because they're floating, you know. But yeah, yeah. But they will weigh based on because you have like the the, the leader and then the naysayers as a contrast. Contra- like you have black and white, and then you have the um, the supporter. What was it? I forgot now. <laughs> my freaking head but no the the dynamic of that you're able to get basically you're able to problem solve faster than just one person unless that one person has four personalities in their head and then they can, <laughs> they can do it which some people are Guilty. some people are skilled like that <laughs> but no a team of seven though is also really great i think um when you're trying to get something done i think on a bigger scale obviously but no yeah I, like yeah. at a project level we we do have smaller teams but um kind of i guess you know even if you have you know three four projects going that have three or four people that are these little ideal little kind of collaboration pockets it's still i guess for us um just overseeing all of those things um, yeah just just means that it's hard to it's hard to be engaged in sometimes the way we want to and um but i don't know I, i think it's i think we're at an interesting size right now where you know it kind of it seemed like it was really easy up till around seven and then we got up to around nine or ten we started to have to put in more of this sort of middle layer. And at that point we brought in somebody that was just there to kind of look after the business stuff. And so in a way that was really awesome because it meant that we could just not deal with the spreadsheets and, and, you know, making sure that we had the finances forecasts and stuff. So it's like, okay, cool. Like now we can get back in there and just do it. And so I think what happened is we had somebody taking care of the business business stuff. And then we got back into to making stuff. And so all that stuff sort of accelerated. And then we just sort of, you know, blew past like eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. And then just sort of, we hold our heads out of the sand at 15 and we're like, Oh fuck. Like it's, it's, and we're at another size up again. So we need to, and then our business guy left. So it was sort of, we're, we're sort of at a funny place right now. Just sort of, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting as, as, as team leaders, just, uh, trying to figure out where to next and where are we going and what's the right size for a creative studio where you, can maintain creative control while also um, having a studio that's big enough to take on really interesting, juicy projects, but not so big that you have to to feed the machine constantly with, yeah. with stuff you don't want to do. So, where do you guys want to go? We never have a good answer for this. We, <laughs> we, we don't want to be huge, sure, uh, but we want to. Yeah, we just we want to stay at a, at a scale where you know we can we can make stuff that is really exciting and where every project that we do is something that we intend to put on our website or put in our reel. That's kind of the aspiration. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, maybe you can do that with a really big team if it's, 
if it's got, you know, many, many strong leaders on it, um, you know, which we do have some really great leaders in the team. So I think there is some scalability there, but I think the key, I think we're less concerned about sort of how many people are in the room and just more concerned about, you know, having that, that kind of Holy grail of a, a place that where everything is just so inspiring and so interesting. And we're working on enough projects that, um, we're inspired, but few enough that we can really delight in the details and do things right and do things slowly and properly and, and make them perfect and in our own little way, you know? Yeah, definitely. So uh, I guess it's more about like probably following the flow that you have now, right guys? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think sort of um, where we positioned ourselves as a storytelling studio allows us to kind of, um, you know, our category is super broad. We're, we're not like a studio that just does, um, you know, uh, animations for the financial kind of category or for, you know, education. Like we're sort of, we're, we're, we're hanging our hat on something that like you could never change. The storytelling thing is, is constant. So if we can keep that in mind, but then allow our studio to be nimble and, and to evolve, then yeah, who knows where it could go, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I guess that's just, I think that's a good way of being too, is being um, flexible and open to it, but having a good intention, right? I guess that's the best way. I think, I think nobody knows the right answer, right? I guess it's all personal and where you, where you want to go the day that you wake up. So it changes every day. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's true. It's true. I, I, and a lot of that has to do with, with life, you know, life for us too. And yeah. what, what we want our lives to look like as well as we want, what we want the company to look like. So it's, do you, have, um, you guys have kids? We don't, we yeah. don't, but, but family's just, definitely just wait. Yeah. So I know it's, it's going to change everything because yeah, it's, it's we're, another we're level. Very much a part of what goes on here. And, um, and I think that the, the percentage of our energy is going to, is going to have to really shift when we, when we make that change and, and have a family and like, what's kind of a blessing and a curse, I guess, is that like being in a relationship and being in business means that like usually when I'm busy, Leah's busy. And when Leah's busy, I'm busy. And so yeah. if we work late, we work late together. If we need to, you know, talk about work, we're talking about it to one another. Um, yeah. Like a, a partner's meeting is like, you know, breakfast. breakfast or like a dinner and a bottle of wine or whatever. Yeah. So, so that's great. But it also means that um, if we're not careful, we can sort of, it, we can become a bit of a, a broken record or have a pretty narrow focus pretty fast. Sure. Um, and we don't we don't want to do that when when we've got a family. We want you know we want family to be the the focus when we're in family mode and business to be the the focus when we're in business mode. Yeah, it's a challenging to switch that on and off, you know. But at the same time, if you, if 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 you guys make it manifest it, then it happens, you know. So that's got to be hard too. I find that I have a problem with with even just with how much my wife helps me out. It's like. You know, I'll work all day and she comes home from her job and I'm like, blah, 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 job, 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 work, work. And then it's like, <laughs> dude, I, I don't want to hear about this shit. You know, like, how about we talk yeah. about something else? And I find that with our relationship, I guess what's good, what you're saying is that you guys are constantly communicating effortlessly because you guys are in the same space. So it's like the, the relationship communication is always there. But I find that there's a struggle um, for me is that it's constantly like work, 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 you know. And so I have to really put an effort towards like either... Either I go, okay, I have a lot of shit on my mind. I need to get it out like right now. And then we can just focus on other stuff or like, I'll just hold it in and be like all pissed off and stuff. So <laughs> do, you, do you think if you, if you were to, you know, hire employees or, or build a studio or whatever, do, do you feel like you would, 
that that problem would, would become amplified or do you feel like you'd outsource some of those stresses to the people who, who work with you? Man, you know, it's like, I would think that in order to create a team, you would have to create like somebody that takes your weaknesses and like complements them with your strengths. So I'd have to find like the right people and then have to build them up and be like, okay, like this is self developing. Like this can, I can leave this and it can go. So that's like a huge trust thing. And so it's like, for me, it's just like uh, very scary. I've, I've worked at quite a few companies and I never saw anything close to the synergy. So I always worried like, because I like to study things and just observe, you know, I think it's very important. And so I just, I, it, wor- it scared the shit out of me because these are like big, powerful companies and they have like the worst synergy. So I'm like, is it even possible? So for me, it scares <laughs> me the idea that it's possibly not ever going to happen, you know? So I'm like, I'm alone. I'm alone forever. <laughs> the key is with that. <laughs> We've seen a lot of studios that we, you know, used to really, or at least I used to, you know, take a lot of inspiration from kind of when we were starting out and, and you see them get really big and successful and then, then the work kind of changes and the soul kind of changes of, or whatever that like, yes, that sparkle was just sort of, I think they get so big that they have a little bit. Yeah. They get so big. The dynamic of the business has to change these. They get so big. They might have this really powerful job and then they get so big and then, uh, they're like, shit, we have to pay everybody still. Okay, yeah. quickly, grab, like, the AT&T job. Go, you know? <laughs> Citibank, do it, you know? Like, we need that money, you know? So, I don't know. It's But, and that really does affect the work, you know? But if you, like what you guys are saying and how you're setting it up, if you could really um, be concise about what you want to do, being passionate about the projects, I think that's a, it's a, that's an ingredient, right? I guess I would look at it like food. I often relate it to food is is say you make this really epic dish for dinner, right? And you wrote down the instructions, but then all of a sudden, like somebody comes and smudges out a couple of the instructions and you're like, ah, shit, how did I make that again? You go and try to replicate it, but it's not the same. It's kind of the the same thing I would imagine, you know, so. Just salt and cream. Is that more of those? Salt and cream. (laughs) (laughs) What if it's cereal, dude? Come on, man. (laughs) No, that's, I don't know. But I, 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 that's, that's another thing I just find to be really interesting. And I, when I talk to business owners or people that run a company, I just find it really fascinating um, whether they're doing a good job of it or they're not, you know, um, I just, I'm always curious, you know, I, I take it as schooling, you know, but yeah, I'm obviously curious of it. Um, but yeah, I think if, if anything, if we've learned anything with, with the giant journey so far, I think it's the, the, the two things we need to be mindful of are the, are the people and uh, the people and the projects and, like, I know that's, that sounds like that's everything, <laughs> but, you know, really keeping those three rules in mind and, and curating people really carefully. Yeah. And I think that's the, the biggest role we can play going forward in, in sort of like the studio starting to get a bit of a life of its own and, and yeah. its own momentum. It's becoming its own person. That's sort of this collective of all the brains in the room. But if we can, you know, be really careful about who we bring into this room and to contribute to that brain trust and then, you know, be really responsible and true to ourselves with, the projects that we say yes to and, and sometimes more importantly, the ones we say no to. Um, yes. That's, that's a, there's a power in that. Um, the, like a lot of powerful people know how to power of no, you know, are just, yeah. you know, dismissing something. Yeah. That's a very powerful uh, key. I think though, that a lot of people, myself included, didn't realize until later on. But yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say no. It and is. Like you said, when you got bills like, to pay, you're like, shit, why did I say no to that? You're like, well, because we're going to hate ourselves, you know? So, <laughs> Let's not do that. Funny is that like 
we know, I feel like we know when projects come in that it's, it's just like, it's just an intuitive decision that we should say no. And when we don't say no to those projects, oh, yeah. shit just gets weird. Like, like unforeseen <laughs> stuff starts to happen. Like the, the voiceover goes all wrong or like an event gets moved, which means the deadline changes or somebody has a baby. <laughs> I'm pulling out all real. <laughs> sure. Of course. <laughs> it's like, like, I don't know. I don't know. There's like, there's just a bad juju that it, you know, we just, we're, we're trying really hard to learn to listen to our gut on those things. And yeah. just be like, remember last time when we said yes to that project and we thought we should have said no, but we got <laughs> like, we said yes. And then everything sucks for like the next three weeks. Remember that? Remember that? And then yeah. I think like, it's, it's good like to remember like, No, I don't remember that. I'm like, <laughs> we finished it and we're doing this other cool thing now. It's, yeah. I'm distracted now. Just shut up. <laughs> Let's yeah. go here. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to know about that anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's a real key thing though, is, is remembering those moments, um, making them significant enough to, to remember when they happen again so that you don't fall back into that same problem. But yeah, it's challenging. I guess you guys like, like anybody don't, I mean, you have, I think you guys have something really wonderful going on, but I think it's always unknown. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to tell what, do you guys read books at all? You guys into books? We've read some books, yeah. <laughs> we put some books down, yeah. No, have you? Do you guys? I mean, I'm fascinated with like the the art of business or like just um, personal growth and that kind of stuff. Is there books that you guys like business books? <laughs> not like because some of them are incredibly dry, but some of them have um, some really great good gems in them. And I guess I look at them in different ways, I suppose. But more, I guess, like personal growth kind of stuff. Yeah, like I, I, I read like um, Lynchpin. That's like a Seth Godin one. I don't know if you read that. But oh, I never read that. That one's pretty interesting. Like in that, and a lot of things in that sort of run true for me. Um, what other sort of those kind of books have we read? I mean, like I know, we, like, we own a bunch of them. <laughs> You're all. We will read these eventually. Well, yeah, I don't know. I like I, I've found that like I can read that stuff on vacation. Yeah. Sometimes. Do you take a vacation too? I was going to ask. Not really. We, yeah. we actually we just went to Mexico for uh, for two weeks uh, awesome. about a month and a half ago, and it was the first vacation we've had in like three years, and it was it was amazing. Like, was it hard to get back though? Huh? Yeah, it's hard to get back, but it, <laughs> but the, I think that's good. Like when yeah. I got back, I was like, oh man, it's five o'clock. I want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> when you know, it's, I think it's it's good to reprogram yourself a little bit. But with with the books thing, I found that I was reading that stuff before bed, and then I couldn't sleep, so it would just get my gears turning too hard. And and so I, I try to consume a bunch of that stuff when I can, but I try to do it in a way that doesn't like prevent me from having a personal life. Yeah, because um, otherwise, I just I can turn into this monster that <laughs> obsesses about giant head twenty four hours a day and like all the little nuancey things we should do, or else. I'll read these books where, you know, they just enrage me because <laughs> there's one, I won't name what it was, but it was a, a book by a, a company, a, a service business that productized their offering, I guess. And the book just, just fucking pissed me off because like all the advice was like, just, you know, just like, don't worry about money. Like we didn't worry about money and we're rich. And it's like, next question. It's like, yeah, don't worry about deadlines. Clients are assholes. Just, we just made a product and then everything's fine. It's like, well, fuck you. <laughs> I can't learn anything from that. You just like, you won the lottery. With this, yeah. This thing you came up with it. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's definitely, um, there's some books like that too. And so I think with that, what, what I'm saying is, is I don't, I didn't go to school for this kind of stuff. And so I use books as an avenue for 
a higher level of, of understanding. And so I was just curious as to, do you, I mean, do, do, you, do you guys just kind of go with it and let it be what it is? Or do you seek advice from others or do you use it through books and stuff? But I, I definitely have I've run into the same kind of thing with some books where I'm like, fuck off. And I just close them. Go, this is stupid, you know, yeah. but at the same time, there's a reason why it makes me feel like that. Maybe part of it's like an insecurity that I felt like, cause I've had that same thing happen. I'm like, maybe it's like, yeah, I'm worried that I'll never have that amazing experience, you know, like, maybe, I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's just, it also just, you know, it reinforces an opposite belief, which, which sure. is powerful sure. as well. Absolutely. I feel like in Vancouver, um, Vancouver's kind of has this thing that's sort of a blessing and a curse where it's, it's small. And so we know, you know, we, a lot of our friends have other sort of our entrepreneurs, I guess there's a lot of entrepreneurs in Vancouver and okay. lots of startups and, and, um, and sort of small teams. So um, I think where we kind of get advice and um, share advice is rather than so much through books, it's just from kind of talking to our community here yeah. and sort of sharing, you know, horror stories or, or yeah, like asking, you know, you, you guys went through this two years ago, you know, how do you deal with that? So that's been kind of, I think that's been a pretty cool source of, information for us is just kind of bouncing the sort of sounding wall of um sounding board of, of like the other the other entrepreneurs in vancouver so just your friends and stuff close to yeah. the group of people yeah that's awesome yeah. yeah super early on we we joined a like a it was like a business support group for couples and business together yeah so okay five other couples that we'd get together you know like once a month and and we talk about business stuff. We talk about life stuff, and it was sort of a, it was it was pretty cool. And I think what happened is like a few couples moved away, and then we sort of grew grew to a different scale, so our problems became very different. Yeah, so it became less uh, less relevant to be part of that group. But it but it was super cool to to chat with people that have kind of been through like the love love work combo where you're always within eyesight of your partner. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I think that was probably the, you know one of the biggest things we had to learn early on. And, and if we could negotiate that, where like keeping a relationship and a and a working relationship functioning in tandem, all the other stuff seemed to be pretty pretty easy and sort of you know sort of filled in behind. Do you have any advice you could give to people that are in relationships that are trying to have a company or um, I don't know, just people? Yeah, I guess that's a good one. Do you guys have anything that you've learned along the way that are essential to your day and day success? I don't know. Lots of hugs and kisses. I think. Oh yeah, no. There's no. There's no hugs and kisses. No I, PDA. Ah. No, no. Boo. Calling each other babe at the office. No babe. Never, you will never see that happen ever. Aww. <laughs> no, we keep it. We keep it pretty pro- professional when we're when we're here um, at Giant Ant and I, I, I mean, maybe that seems, maybe that's kind of an obvious thing, but, it, but you, you just got to leave, you got to separate the yeah. two things and you got to leave it at home and you can't bring any irky frustration, kind of host stuff into the office. It's well, just what are you really... mad about right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on. Just uh, let's have an Oprah moment here. Yeah. Just get it out <laughs> of your Jay, chest. I, Jay doesn't like to refill the ice trays and it drives me crazy. Dude, that's messed up. Here's the thing. So if I know that I want to have another drink afterwards, I don't want to fill up the ice tray until I know that I'm done with the ice. Because otherwise, when I go to get ice next time, I'm going to get water all over myself and all over the freezer. <laughs> but Leah feels differently about it. <laughs> awesome. That kind of shit, you got to leave that at home. <laughs> ice tray. The, um, little, the little things that mean so much. 
Yeah, I think that, I don't know, I, like, I, I feel like that's kind of important, and it's also, like, that has a lot to do with, you know, if, if that has a lot to do with the fact that we have staff, and yeah. it's sort of how they perceive, they want to see that we're, um, you know, that we're their leaders, and that doesn't have anything to do with the fact that we're a couple outside of the office. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's not their, that's not their, their something that we want them to have to think about ever. Yeah. yeah. I want them to be able to disagree with one of us and not feel like it's a, it, we, they're going to get tag teamed by, you know, the big like married monster. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. good. I mean, yeah. Cause that's gotta be difficult too. I mean, so when there's a conflict, you guys totally separate it and go like, okay, you're not my wife right now. I'm going to listen to this person and then, and then hear <laughs> them out. And then, and then you go and make your decisions. That's, I think so. I mean, I think, really I think actually for us, like, you know, we have a lot of friends that say to us, you know, I could never work with my partner. I don't know how you guys do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I actually think that it helps us in both ways. Like it, 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 in a lot of ways, I think our, our relationship at home, um, you know, we have that kind of <laughs> patience and respect and we negotiate everything. So we discuss things that, just like we do when we're running the studio and we disagree creatively when we're here and we, you know, we argue, but we always figure something out because we have to come to a consensus. So I think we actually bring that into our home life and that, that makes us, I think a, a, a stronger couple in, in, in love, yeah. like love life, which is kind of, you know, it, I think it kind of works. It kind of works both ways, but you know, you, you, the other thing is like, don't bring your ice tray bullshit into the office, but also don't bring, try not to bring the office stuff back home with you. It's super important as well. Yeah. Um, this, or just know when to turn it off, I guess. How, yeah. And how do you turn it off? Because it's a challenge. You just, you just, you literally, we just say, okay, we're not talking about work anymore. Yeah. Or we'll say like, it, you know, we'll be like a Saturday morning and Jay will say to me like, okay, can I just talk to you about one worky thing? And we're like having coffee and I'll be like, yeah, okay, we'll talk about it, we'll deal with it. And then we, you know, and then we put it back in the drawer and we put it away. Yeah. So you actually, like, you just have to actually just say, okay, we're turning it off now. <laughs> yeah, which is good. I mean, but I it's, think... like, it's not always negative stuff, right? Like, we love our jobs and we love sure. our work and it's art. So often we're not, like, we like to talk about what we do at home and it's, you know, it gets us going and gets us excited, so... Some yeah. of our best ideas come out through those chats, like, you know, while we're brushing our teeth. So Yes, I find that to be fascinating, too, in those things. And thank you for sharing that advice, because I, I couldn't agree more. I think those are really important things to keep in mind when you're trying to create a, have a relationship and yet having a business. It's lit literally, you have to play and use two different characters, basically, of yourself yeah. and develop them simultaneously and develop them and that's challenging enough i think people in life have a challenge just developing one person who is themselves but and imagine when you guys have uh, your kid it's going to be uh, our kid children if you decide to do so <laughs> in multiples or one um then that's that's a whole different facet you know that's a whole yeah, different circle yeah. you know that's a circle between you individually with that person and, and then three as a group and then you and then the 15 employees as the people it's just a very it's like, who's wearing what hat, when, how, where, uh, <laughs> I need to take a nap. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, no. one of the things too we did really early on was, was get an office. And we got an office and it was just the two of us. Hmm. And it, we found that when, it, when we were working from home, it was really difficult to be like, okay, we're done work now. So like, you want to make out? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> transition space. Like there, it was hard to, 
I don't know. It's just hard to, to break those things into two different lives. And so yeah. we found that as soon as we got an office and, and had to like go to work and come back from work and we could even change our clothes, um, it felt like we were just, even though we we're together, we we're sort of in, in two different sort of spaces that we belong, belong to do different things. So. Yeah. There's something psychologically to be said about that because that's very much a key um, to success with a lot of things. A lot of people... Uh, a lot of people I know are successful designers or, or creatives. Um, they have an outside place where they go and create, and it, it creates like a like a barrier, a bridge, I suppose. You know, um, a different place of of just a completely different space, and it creates different rules and everything. So I think that's also an interesting tip as well. I haven't it also done gives that you yet. time to transition. Yes, um, like you, you know, the commute to get there, or the walk to get there, or whatever. It allows your brain to disconnect from the previous space and then reconnect to the newest one and be what it is, you know. So, but yeah, I, I used to I used to have to commute to LA, and that was a very long commute. Now my I always joke, it's like my I went from the longest commute to the shortest commute, where I just roll out of bed like roll i could just literally like physically roll like like a <laughs> stay in bed just open your laptop <laughs> oh don't say that it gets really dark after that <laughs> i get really white and pasty <laughs> no but that's good to have those different sets of uh rules i suppose and i think it probably creates a good efficiency for just better results i guess so which I admire. I think this is really great. I, I'm learning a lot myself, and I and it, they're just things that I I've heard or, or learned. But at the same time, the reaffirmation of how you guys are developing it is really great. It's really challenging. Like you said, you have friends that say, I, "Oh, I could never work with my significant other," and probably that's true. So not everybody's able to do that. So yeah, hats off to you guys. Do you feel that? Um, I wanted to ask you guys too about the nonprofit thing. So. Do you guys feel that, I mean, how does this all work with a nonprofit? That's something that um, I, I, I kind of know a little bit about just through from some friends and, and it's been around for some time. But how does that whole experience work for you guys? I mean, um, I remember talking to, uh, man, who was it? Uh, and I can totally draw in a blank, but he, he was working at Buck and he had done, as Joshua, he was working at Buck and they had done the Good Books thing and that was a nonprofit thing. Mm -hmm. And the nonprofit things can be very challenging because they're based off of passion and, and, and stuff. But oftentimes, they're like you said, the budgets are kind of nil or very small yeah. minimum. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's um, it's tricky because yeah, budgets are often small. Um, not always though. Yeah. Um, you know, there are there are just like at anything. There's there's little tiny NGOs and there's big massive companies that are NGOs too. So, um, and we've kind of had, had a, a little bit of experience with both of those. Um, but I think you, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of comes back to the, um, the question of, of would, would we, would we use this product ourselves? Do we believe in this thing? Yeah. Um, and I think when you take on nonprofit work, something like the good books piece you know, there's an intentional decision to um, throw yourself into that because you believe in, in whatever the, the story is. Sure. Um, or the group that's putting out that story. So there's certainly like a point in those decisions where you, you kind of have to think about like, okay, hey, if we're going to throw in a whole bunch of extra time into this work, are we sure this is the cause? Is this, is this the, the group, the team? Just because they came to us, is, is it... Is it the one that we would seek out if we just decided we wanted to do, um, you know, do some free work for for somebody out there? Because there's so many 
choices, right? There's so yes. many options and then, um, and they all need help telling their stories. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like the work has to get paid for somehow and it's not through money. It's through baby tears. Yeah. yeah baby tears. Yeah. <laughs> or 45 or, or jars like, of baby uh, tears. <laughs> Where do you get 45 jars of that stuff? You, you got to look me up with your supplier. Or just like knowing that there's like another dolphin out there that's like smiling. <laughs> well, no, I mean, what I was going to say was it, I think it, it comes down to that, like, you know, doing the work you, you believe in to find more work like that. And yeah. I guess the slippery slope is that if you're doing, you know, a ton of beautiful nonprofit work that gets you more beautiful nonprofit work yeah. and it's all pro bono. So filling. It's a, it's a shitty business model. But, <laughs> but I think that there's, you know, there's definitely... I think early on, like we, I think we maybe we made the mistake of being like, okay, we're going to do this out of the good of our hearts, and yeah. we take on, um, you know, very cheap or very free kind of nonprofit-driven work, yeah. and and do it in a way that was like cheap or free, so we do it fast and and not not like, and, and it wouldn't be a showpiece, so we kind of get buried, and we do it kind of as a favor, and then we sort of stopped and we're like, you know what, like. You know, if we're going to put creative energy into something, anything, like let's really put creative energy into stuff. So yeah. at that point, it, it, we become a little bit more um, scrutinizing about what kind of projects like that we take on. And they really do need to, you know, either provide the team an opportunity to do something really exceptional um, creatively or or they need to be a little bit strategic where it's an opportunity to make something that's going to, you know, bring in more of the paid work that we want to do. Um, yeah. All that obviously layered on top of, of wanting to help a cause and, and do something, you know, good in, in the world. Sure. Um, but it's tricky, man. It's, it's really tricky. And, you know, like Leah said, you know, sometimes we've had, you know, nonprofits that have way more money than some of the giant corporations that we work with. And it almost feels kind of funny. <laughs> like, where does all this money come from? Yeah. And then, and then sometimes it's, it's, you know, literally zero dollars. So. Well, I think that's a ref- sometimes that's a reflection of the value that they put on, on telling a good story and moving an audience. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, a a cause that has a really important message might put a lot more value on that as a service. Absolutely. It it personifies the experience for them and they see the value of that, you know? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, but I was just curious because we've talked about it. I want to work with you guys and do some cool stuff, you know, and, 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 um, and I, and I know how this, these nonprofit things, it's like you have to take a cut almost in a sense, not all the time, but sometimes, you know, and, yeah. and for me, it's like, like I was telling you guys, like, um, I, I, I just want to do cool work. So I try to set myself up where I pay the bills and then all the time after that, it's just like shredding on fun stuff that I'm really interested in, you know? And then I, I'm so ADD. I'm like, Oh, I want to do that. I want to do this. I want to do that. Ah. <laughs> like, ah, you know, I just want to do everything. And, yeah. and it's just, it's challenging, but the, the energy is great to have and to continually grow and, and work and build things off. But yeah, I know my hat, my hat's off to you. I think that's a good formula. I think, um, of doing, Obviously, work that you're inspired by, work that you feel has a purpose or a meaning that's beyond like the the surface level things. So you're actually contributing yeah. and making some, like all your energy is obviously going to look good, but it's going towards like a better future of some sort, or it's helping people be aware of something. There's there's a there's a tremendous value there, I think, and 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 then also you know paying the bills, but doing these kind of projects, I think are, there's a benefit to it. I think you know so yeah. Yeah, there's also I think there's a really cool opportunity right now in. Um, more social business stuff. So a, a great example is a project we did for Tom's last year. And, yeah. You know, if you're familiar with Tom's, Tom's shoes, you know, they, I like those. they sell a pair of shoes. 
you buy a pair of shoes, they give a pair of shoes away to a child in need. Now they're doing the same thing with sunglasses. So you buy a pair of sunglasses, they restore sight for someone. And so they've got this really great social business model that because the story is so good and because their products, you know, really popular, they're, they're super successful. They've got a lot of money as as a company. And um, I think there are a lot of opportunities to do work in that area of, you know, making really beautiful branded content that tells the story of, you know, the greater good that a company is doing that, you know, becomes a hugely fulfilling project to work on that, that also pays the bills. And I think when we, when we worked on that project, the penny dropped for us a little bit, we're like, Oh, like, Holy shit, this is like all the things that we need are coming together here, like creative opportunity, good cause. Um, and you know, our hours being paid for. Yeah. Um, and the work for Costa was the same, you know, they're, they're a cool company making cool stuff that, you know, they've, they're a serious business, but they're doing all this great stuff on the side. And so being able to get in there and tell those stories is, is pretty sweet. So what I'm hoping is that we can, you know, do a bit more of that kind of work and, and it may um, kind of scratch all itches and then also kind of create room to, to be really selective about where we want to um, give away our work because we're, you know, we're not having to, you know, the trade-off isn't like, okay, do a really beautiful charity piece for free. And, you know, in exchange, let's do like 20 McDonald's end tags or whatever to be able to pay for it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know if that's really, a, that's a, not a good exchange either. Yeah. Um, so, well, so. yeah, I always say it too. It's like, if you're going to do work, you're going to bleed for it no matter what. Like I always, I always say that if you're really, if you're really working for something, like you're going to bleed for it and it's better to bleed for something that you love or believe in because, um, if it's not, then it's just, it's just really, it's not good for anybody, you know, like we, I think that we brought it up quite a bit, but I think it's just, I'm trying to drive that home. I think that there's, there's a, there's a significant value and I, and I, and you guys are running a company and you're basing a lot of your things on a moral value of what it's important to you guys, you know, and, um, it, you can feel it in the work and too. And, and I think it's the people that you attract or the people that you're, that want to work with you, you know, like. I think it's just, I don't know. It's just cool. There's an underlying thing there, you know, which is awesome. So yeah. yeah and don't I lose it. It goes into that too is, you know, having, you know, having projects in the studio that, um, if everyone knows, I mean, it's not to say that it doesn't ever happen, but when projects are in the studio that everyone knows is a pay, pay the bills project. Um, it's just, I don't know for the team working on that. It's just like, it sucks to be, to know you're working on like the B team thing. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. And of course. Like, I've been you at know, a company they, doing that. I hated it. Totally. And, and everyone knows, right? And it's yeah. like, okay, like just get it. Yeah, that's good enough. Go, 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 right? Yeah. It's just um, it's just not good for morale. So Totally. That's how you keep the flow going, obviously, right? Is there? Do you feel that with your studio, with the dynamics of the 15 people, you guys included, is there a way, there's, there's obviously has to be a flow that's created, right? Once, you know, there's, everybody comes in and then, you know, slow start and then the ramp up and then like full on work's getting done by midday and then lunch, then break, then reset and then recreate and then the day's over. Do you, do you guys have like a sense of how to capture that essence of flow, I guess, if that makes any sense? Is there a way to, do you guys do like, you know, meetings in the beginning or do you not do meetings? I know some companies are like, fuck meetings, you know, we're not wasting <laughs> time with that stuff. Um, I think we try to, the, the flow is more like a, a week long flow. Mm-hmm. Um, we start every Monday with, with a team meeting once a month. We try to do like a pancake breakfast or something where we'll come in at eight and do like, we'll have breakfast together. And then we start a team meeting, which usually, you know, is like, we start with, this might be too much detail, but we start with a round of ups, downs, thanks. So we, everyone very quickly gives, you know, something that went well last week, something that went kind of shitty last week and a thank you to somebody that 
did something kind of exceptional or that they didn't have to do. Hell yeah. Um, That's awesome. Then, so we do a quick round of that, which makes everyone use their voices yeah, <laughs> first yeah. thing on Monday morning. And then we, we talk a little bit about uh, what's coming up for the week, who's going to be working where. We always watch anything that we delivered the week before. Yeah. So, you know, if we deliver a spot or whatever, we'll watch that. Which um, is really important in our, in our studio, especially like, because we have two departments, right? So, like the like the the live action team might have no idea what's going on sure. in the other in the animation. You know, a little group of three that put out some animation that no one had ever seen, and, and vice versa, right? So it's good to make sure everybody knows what what we all make together. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and it yeah. probably just keeps everybody on the same page or just understanding. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's very smart. Yeah, so that's kind of the story arc, and then like on the on the animation side on Friday, I have a little meeting with with a couple of the art directors and we just kind of talk about where things are at, what went well in the week, what we could be doing better. And just, I guess, you know, the intent is to set us up for better success next week. Yeah. And then we drink beer and eat chips. Yeah. And then we drink beer and eat chips. <laughs> I think I saw that in your video. There was like a, there was a blue ribbon or something like that. Or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> only the good stuff. Yeah. Only the good stuff. <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome. I mean, I guess, um, I, I think it's really smart too to eat together. Um, it, it's there's this show that I love called Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown. Oh, we love that show. It's yeah, so it's, wonderful it's because awesome. I mean I I I really love the show. I, there's a lot of reasons why I love that he's just honest and direct. But I, the thing I love is that he'll go he finds the most common seed, which is like love and food, and yeah. he, he shows it to a world audience that like look we're all the same. We're just enjoying. I mean, there's differences, obviously, but like food is the binding, you know, the binding thing, obviously, to a show. And and I think there's a smart, there's a smart, I don't, I don't know if that's intentional, but it's a very smart thing to, to create an environment where people can consume food together and, and say thanks and stuff. I think that's, that's important, I think, you know, at least to me, I think that's a very smart thing, you know, you, there's camaraderie, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Family breakfast, it's it's good. It's t- it's totally important. Yeah, and I think we we could do more of it, but it's um, sure. It's always like you know, even if we're really busy and muscling towards the deadline, and it's like, oh shit, do we have time for a pancake breakfast this morning? Really? Like, is that the most important thing we can do? And um, and when we do, it's always yeah, it just it's just good, it's just yeah. good, it just makes everyone stoked. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, you guys are so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully this isn't like this, you know, long ass boring talk about our feelings and no, like. <laughs> no, this, I don't think so. Is there, is there, was there something that you guys for sure wanted to make sure that was brought across for those that are curious about you or that were listening? You know? Um, I don't think so. I, I think that, yeah, I think we just want to be remembered as a group of people that, really care deeply about the work we do and, and are excited for the next challenge. And I think that's, that's true for us as a studio and as individuals in the studio. And, um, yeah, we're just, we're just stoked to be doing what we're doing. So I think you could feel it though. Sorry. You're go ahead. You're a great interviewer, Ash. You're a really fabulous interviewer. No way. I yes. suck at it. No, no, I'm just, I'm learning. You're really, you're really good at it. Oh, well, thank I do you. a lot of interviews. Like I do, I do tons of interviews and it's, it's a, it's a craft. 
and it's just yeah you're this is nice to have a conversation and it's natural but you suck as a designer i do i just man i'm trying dude i just i opened up uh, adobe illustrator the other day for the first time man it's (laughs) that fucking program (laughs) what's a vector No, thank you so much, and, and I appreciate that. I wanted to also, um, before we jump off, um, I wanted to talk about quickly, you mentioned jumping into doing um, documentaries on, on a bigger, a longer length. One thing I must say is that when I see your designing and the motion pieces, they're long as shit. Like, they're like three minutes long. Like, that's a crazy amount of work. And so when you're talking about, Leah, when you're talking about doing um, longer documentaries and stuff, that, that perked my interest because I love that kind of stuff. What, where, where are your heads at with that? Are you guys thinking about doing more? Would you guys do a Jiro Dreams of Sushi kind of thing? Or yeah, I would love to do. Killer. I would love to do a bit of that. I mean, we're the the, the show that we just um, the the three part um, episodic that we just did uh, is a, is a food stories show. Actually, it sounds like you might really get into it. Yeah, what's um, it called? If you. Uh, it's called Salt Fresh and Field, Salt. and it's it's only on a, a Telus. Uh, it's only on a Canadian network right now. Ah, uh, boo! I think, no, I think pretty soon <laughs> it's just going to be online. So I'll be sure to send it to please, you. Please, please um, do. I'd love to watch it. And like that, the, those are you know those are sort of twenty-two to twenty-six minute um, episode episodes. Perfect. Um, and that's been that was sort of a new thing for me. I mean, I've never done anything like that before, so that was fun. Um, but I mean, I guess the the, the sort of documentary kind of purist in me is interested in, in feature length docs. And we're, we're, I'm working on one right now. Um, that is about a, uh, this guy who is a 50 year old father of eight in BC. And he's, um, he was in a crazy hunting accident, um, got almost shot off. Uh, but now he's, uh, in arm wrestling and he's trying to be the world champion. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, <laughs> and it's like it's just a really amazing. I think it's going to be a, a pretty amazing character. Yeah, character story. So it sounds I mean, really cool. That's yeah. <laughs> you couldn't write that. See, that's what I love about documentaries is 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 there's already amazing stories happening around the world that like mm-hmm. the most brilliant story writer couldn't really touch. Yeah, and it's a matter of how to find that, capture it, and then the key I think for me at least, and I'm sure you probably agree, is the edit. You know. Of course. How to put yeah. it together, you know? Do well, we show it? This has been an interesting like process because we're actually editing and shooting at the same time. Mm. So um, that's kind of weird, right? Because normally you kind of go out and you shoot and shoot and shoot and you come back with like hundreds and hundreds of hours and then you start the process. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're like, we're digging into it now and we're, you know, we've filmed quite a bit, but we're not finished. We're going to film over the next year. So that's like, cool. compared to the stuff we do at Giant Ant for clients, like that, 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 you know, that's like a two and a half minute short documentary story for, for a brand that's like six week time frame. Sure. This is a totally different approach, right? So you'll learn a lot from it, though, and it'll be a fun experience. You know, totally. probably grueling, but at the same time, fun. I find I find long projects to be very challenging, personally, because I have attention deficit <laughs> problems. <laughs> but at the same time, like it, because I don't know. I'm sure it sounds like you guys are constantly changing and terraforming and, and, and growing and adjusting to things. And but over a year, you guys are going to grow and change so much that the project 
you're going to look back on it and go like, damn it. Or like, or, or, or maybe remind, remember a part of yourself that you want back or something, you know? So that's what I, that's, I always get out of projects like that are, that are longer than a six month span or so, you know? Yeah. There, there, it's a grind. It's a grind. It is. Beyond three months, I think even. Yeah, it is. It's for me at least, you know, but I, I admire that. And, and part of me really wants to go and direct film or, develop a newer level experience and stuff especially in the new category of like vr and all that stuff because that's a whole yeah, different yeah. platform that is is about to take shape and become the new experience of consumption for the norm basically but i just find it really interesting i just i i, th- I wanted to know a little bit more about what you guys are doing with that because I, f- I think that'd be really cool and it'd be really interesting to see what you guys if you guys go and do what you're doing now and then you also create like films and then you do the you know what would you do with your film, I guess? Would you go to like all the film festivals and experience that? I think that so. I mean, I think that I think there's something about the the audience that's hungry for documentaries is still the the film festival going audience. Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways, and then there's you know, and then there's like, of course, there's Netflix and there's you know, Vimeo is starting their new um, sort of channel thing, which I think is going to be really interesting for documentary too. Yeah. What do you think but, about that? Um, Cause I've, I, I just recently started reading up and, and saw some of that with the Vimeo thing. What do you guys think of that? I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know enough about it to really comment, but I know that all my filmmaker friends, like my, my friends that are sort of traditional documentary film, filmmakers are, are getting really excited about it. Cool. Cause, cause you know, the old model of distribution and, Anyway, blah, blah, blah. It works because it, it works, but yeah. I think they're hungry for a new format and a new way to do things. So, and distribution, right? Like, so I think, I think it's super interesting. I think it could open, I think it could open up um, some opportunities for filmmakers that kind of get shut out of the, um, of the system right now, or it's just, it's just so hard to get funding and then get somebody on board and find a broadcaster. And certainly in Canada, I know it's, it's, it's really hard. So, I mean, for us, this film, like we're, I've got a co-director on this one. He brought the film to, to me. So it's, it's an interesting kind of collaboration too, but um, I think we're just going to try to do it ourselves as much as we can. Yeah. Um, And then by the time we're done, hopefully, (laughs) hopefully all those, new Vimeo and other sort of new fandangle distribution models online are going to be really sweet and we'll, our film will just sort of fit into that. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm hoping. Yeah, it's interesting because like what's happening now is, is, is everybody's trying to fight for people's attention. The information age is, is the currency of information is, is, is the value of things, you know, and so everybody's trying to fight for people's attention. You have like um, you know, what once was Blockbuster. I don't know. Do you guys have Blockbuster up there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then it just got stepped on. It just disappeared one day. It, it, yeah, it ha- you know, and same with Barnes & Noble and all that kind of stuff yeah. uh, down here. Uh, you guys have Barnes & Noble up there too? Mm-hmm. I don't know if these some of these yeah. things, because like my buddy Anthony, uh, he's from Toronto, and he's always telling me the differences. You guys have like different names for things, but anyways. <laughs> but, um, um, well, of course, because it's, you know, they, they're like, they're a company, they're like, hey, we can like sell this there, but we can change the name and, and it'll be different for them, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah evil <laughs> anyways. Um, but it, I find it to be interesting about like how everybody's uh, not everybody. I just, I'm, I need to read more about the Netflix thing as well. Just so I'm more educated on it. Uh, not the Netflix, sorry, the Vimeo thing, but it's about getting people to do, it's about getting content out to people that want it basically, you know, and like the, the whole thing, I, I'm really um, excited about the whole Kickstarter generation too that's happening as well. 
you guys into that stuff at all or ever consider like doing something like that? Yeah, I, I think because we talked about doing a, a, a Kickstarter or, an, a, you know, our Canadian version is called Indiegogo. So we talked about um, doing that for a documentary. Absolutely. Because um, I just think there's so much freedom in having um, no attachments to aside from your your um, uh, your supporters on Kickstarter. Yeah. You know, you, you, you have to live up to the promises you make to them, of course, but um, it's very attractive as a filmmaker to have no other attachments, um, broadcast or wise. So, or, or funder or investors or that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I love it. I love the concept of it. Why not? Sure. And because you, then you can create, and then I think direct to like direct to consumer content kind of stuff and the market for that, there's, a ton of potential. I know people are going to like, I think that's funny and I think that's awesome. And I applaud the potato salad guy because that's <laughs> really awesome <laughs> Absolutely. because people should break it because there, there it is fragile and there is moments where people need to go like, is this worth it? But at the same time, I think that I think it'll probably be around still, I would imagine um, because there are still people that do want to generate awesome stuff that just, they don't want to go a certain route, basically. Um, and if you go a route where you have to get investors and you get like, which is basically a, a studio involved, you have to compromise. Mm-hmm. And sometimes your compromising is just too much and it ruins mm-hmm. your integrity and your voice, you know? Definitely. And that's the problem, I think. And I think giving people direct power allows them to have a better voice, therefore making a better product, which allows the fans to enjoy it even better, you know? So, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. But that's cool. I mean, I, I mean, I hope that it doesn't die completely because I have some plans. So, <laughs> <laughs> no. what are your plans? Are you, you going to talk about it, or do you? Oh, for me? Yeah, yeah. How are you going to use it? <laughs> yeah, I have a I have a book I I want to make, and uh, like all kinds of crap. Like I kind of want to make a franchise of just stuff, like stuff that I can make and make it so it's like I can make as much as I can just for people that want it. So make it at a decent price and stuff and make it so people can have it and so it's like mostly just like my drawings and this world that I'm creating with my friend Anthony and stuff so it's like uh, one of my biggest um, things growing up was to draw comics so and I still haven't done that yet so I feel like if I die without doing that I'm going to be like one of those ghosts that haunts like Comic Con (laughs) <laughs> like let me draw your comics so yeah i, I, have, I have to keep i have to keep that going eat so. some superfoods and start drawing you can, yeah. you can get there hey actually that. i have that's i have a huge bat you guys do you guys do shakes and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. do you guys mm-hmm. have vitamins we eat a lot of we eat a lot of kale up here yeah we have a vitamins damn right you guys <laughs> yeah. are my people that's awesome <laughs> yeah i want for a shake man dude i i just i was just in the kitchen like I don't know. Thirty minutes ago, I made. Um, I'll tell. I'll share my recipe with you right, with you right now, and everybody on the internet too. And a lot of people are like, "Hey, what do you put in your shake?" So here it is, guys. And it changes a lot. And I want to know what you guys use because it's awesome to meet other healthy people. So <laughs> it's kind of like, "Hey, hey, this is rare." You know, like you're not talking about Taco Bell. I love it. <laughs> I, this one. <laughs> this one today was quick. It wasn't. A, it wasn't like a. You know, like I took my time. I was like, I just threw everything in there. But so there's water at the bottom, and then I put spinach and kale, like one or two like um, leaves of kale, like pretty big, and like a big handful of, of spinach. And I blend that all together really quickly. And then I throw like a big handful of carrots in there, um, pineapple, a little bit of strawberries, uh, berries, 
um, almonds, honey, spirulina, flaxseed, uh, and then ice oh. at the end of it. Whoa. It sounds this sweet is, and delicious. This is uh, a simple version of your... Well, <laughs> yeah. What happens when you have the time to... Oh, really shit. You don't even want to know. Face. I'm, like, putting oils in there and all kinds Whoa. of, like... Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm massaging the blender as it does it. <laughs> <laughs> you massage the kale. Yeah. I spend... It's like a Jiro Dreams of Sushi. I spend 40 minutes just <laughs> petting the kale, rem- reminding it it's that it's okay that it's going to blend itself and I'm going to be My okay with it. actually makes an amazing kale Caesar salad. And Ooh. what's amazing about it is that she she takes about half an hour to massage the kale before. Shut up. Are you sure? No, she massages like it with in citrus. Like with oils citrus and, and salt. Oil, so. she, re- so she like infuses it with her hands? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, damn. Break the fiber down and lets the, the acid work on it a little bit. And, wow. Yeah. And just makes it less like... A garnish and more like a salad, I suppose. Yeah, because kale is it up. kale. Kale has a presence where it's like, you know what? You can put all kinds of shit on me. I'm still kale. You know, like, I'm, still, oh, you know, I'm still stuck in your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> like, how much ranch is? Yeah, that? I'm a gangster. For, I'm a gangster vegetable. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not, not my stepmom's. Wow. Yeah, she she makes it soft. Can you it's FedEx nice. me overnight some kale? No <laughs> joking. Yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> I want to try that. I've I've made a. My my wife does a lot of the shakes as well, and I've made a couple really awesome like feta, like lime, kale, like salads, but I haven't rubbed the kale like that. So I gotta masturbate it. my kale next time. Get all the <laughs> infusion stuff. Yeah, I'll try that out. But what do you guys do for shakes? We use kind of the shake master in our household. Yeah, I have like my da- my daily uh, recipe is. Um, an apple, a whole lemon, Whoa. a banana, like just cut the rinds off the lemon and just kind of like, just cut, like barely cut anything, just like throw it in there. Yeah. Cut the, cut the rind off the lemon, um, a big chunk of, gar- uh, not garlic. Whoa. Um, I was like, holy crap. I, oh, <laughs> not, you used ginger? Garlic. Wow. Gin- ginger. Um, and then I, um, uh, and then I stuff like as much kale as I can get in there and, <laughs> Uh, water and honey. Wow. And apple juice. And a banana. And that's it. Uh, that sounds Run awesome, the too. Out of it. Yeah, it's the, pretty good. Does the ginger add a lot of spice to it? Because I, yeah. I tried it too, and it's like, damn, this is like, I'm trying to enjoy something else, and I'm getting like, it's like I'm drinking a jalapeno or something. Yeah, it's, yeah. Maybe I you mean, put jalapenos in there instead. Maybe Joe Rogan fun. does. I'm like, dude, you fucking savage guy. You're putting fucking jalapenos in your drink. <laughs> but he loves it. He's he's a kind of a glutton for punishment, though. So, but I think if you've got tequila in the same drink, you can do that. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it's breaking the rules. Yeah, that that's awesome. Do you guys switch it up and do different types or? Yeah, sometimes I sometimes I do a beet and banana. Mm. That's pretty good. And Beets that's are really like good for beet, you too. Beet and banana and soy milk and ice. Damn. Sometimes they like, make those for me after my runs because it's uh, beets are a natural anti-inflammatory. Yeah, yeah, they're so really good. I used to eat quite a bit. Like I'd make shakes out of beets um, when I was training jujitsu really hard. Um, yeah, it tastes kind of funky, but they're awesome though. They're really good. Yeah, and they're really good for you too, and it's, like you said, like they're natural, uh, just a natural badass fruit to have or a vegetable. I call it a fruit. <laughs> that helps disguise it. Nah. But that's awesome that you guys eat healthy. Did you guys decide to eat healthy at a certain point? And we're like, 
all right, it's time to buy a five hundred dollar blender and take this, take <laughs> our lives seriously. A, a wedding gift, which is oh, amazing. that is awesome. Um, I think I don't know. I mean, we both we both have kind of food nerd parents, and uh. both of my folks have organic farms and really Leah's, well yeah my, my parents are divorced but sort of my both sets um have moved out of the city and, and grow all their own food and wow Leah's folks grow all their own food too that's a full-time job too huh? yeah no it actually literally is wow and uh yeah so we're just surrounded by a lot of good food and you know whenever they come to town we usually it usually comes with a box of something really like, oh that's yeah so a box cool. of beets or whatever eggs or I don't know. That is so, so cool. Yeah, we've got lots of good food around us. It's been interesting to see like the the shift of everybody wanting to go to creating their own food or growing it. Like I've been really thinking about it myself, but it's just so much work though. I know it's I'm going to so I know I'm going to be like, "Yeah, let's do it." And then like a month later I'm like, "Fuck, I got to draw, man. I got to I got to be back in the office. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off zucchini. Like I don't care if you die. Like I'm just going to go to the store." <laughs> we have farmers know, markets here though, so is. it's like yeah, it's just, I mean, I think we talked about this last time, just like the pendulum swings and things. And it, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, we've become so, so separated from that stuff that, you know, people are just sort of craving and trying to figure out. Like, we think about this all the time. Like, okay, if the Holocaust happened right now. No, the Holocaust? <laughs> I'm like, damn. This I meant is, the apocalypse. You're all like, I think about it every morning. I'm like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> if the apocalypse happened right now, yeah. it's terrible. Well, kind, kind of the same, though. Kind of the same. They're both horrible. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, just, you know, catastrophic <laughs> catastrophic societal failure. Yes. What zombies. Would, Usually what, it's zombies. zombies That's what would, I'm like. Yeah. What would we do? <laughs> and so, like, we don't have, we don't have apocalypse skills, or very many of them. So we're, we're trying to gather those things, like, figuring out how to like you know grow our food and uh make start a fire and stuff oh there's like show on those kind of people right like the they're like yeah oh, but I you're can't. not going to be able to see the show in the apocalypse <laughs> you don't have reference material so we've got to learn ahead of the time you gotta tape that <laughs> shit dude there's no there's no youtube in the apocalypse. have you listened to world war z max brooks talks about it's a fictional story have you heard of it well, we, I mean, I've seen the, the film. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the same. No, it's like, I don't even know what the hell that was. You could have called that Smurfs, and I would have been like, yeah, that's about right. Because <laughs> that was like uh, nothing compared to what Max wrote. Like, Max, mm. if, you, if you're into audiobooks, uh, Max, Bo- Max Brooks' World War Z is fucking amazing. It's got like Henry mm. Rollins does some VO in it. Like, it's awesome. It's, it's huh. it, you have people that are actually acting out and, and saying these scenes from these actual occurrences of this fictional world where they've the humanity's kind of survived this third war, which was against the undead. But it's about these all these little accounts from everybody around the world, and he writes it with such purity and such like. It's like weird. I'm like, how did you? How would you know what an old blind Japanese man would do? You know, and then how would you know what like a little girl and like. I don't know, Ohio would do, you know, but he, but he <laughs> yeah. writes it so well, it's so con- mm-hmm. convincing. And, uh, but the whole thing about it is, is there's a lot of like, these people are like, yeah, you know, the generation, the tech generation was like a fucking joke. And the people that actually made it were people that were like middle-class, lower middle-class that if some, <coughs> excuse me, if something broke, they would just fix it themselves. And, you know, like the, the hardy American kind of thing, because yeah. there would be problems and they would, they would step up to the plate and fix it and blah, blah. And, the whole social structure, you know, switched and everything. So, but it's good. I highly recommend it. I, I love audiobooks. But yeah, but um, I know we're probably running out of time. 
the one thing I definitely wanted to touch base on, I'm sure a lot of people are interested and want to know a little bit more of, is like how do you guys do it? Like with the business, like how? And it's that's a big, it's a very broad question to answer. I know, but I'm just curious. Like, would you have any tips for anybody that is curious and excited and wanting to try and, and jump out to start their own business? Be be whatever it may be. Oh man. Um... That's funny. We were talking about this last night a little bit and we, this is going to sound like lousy advice. And how dare you? We both want the gold. (laughs) Give me the gold. No, I'm joking. Go ahead. ahead. I don't know. I I think that we're both super altruistic and I think we touched on some of this before. And yeah, you know, when we started this thing, we just, one, we wanted to work together uh, and be creative and we wanted to, um, well, I guess we got to a place where we decided, okay, so the best way, the best way to have an opportunity to do great stuff is to do great stuff. Yes. And, and we just sort of, we feel really strongly that, um, if you make the work, make work that you believe in and turn down work that you don't believe in, eventually you'll have a bunch of work under your belt that represents your taste and your aptitude and, and your worldview and your people will find you. And when your people find you, you become surrounded by really talented artists that want to collaborate with you. You become surrounded by amazing clients that believe in what you do. They give you freedom because you believe the same things and, and it all just starts to kind of fall together. So, I mean, that's a super, a super vague answer, but, um, I think it's just doing what you do. Yeah. The best way to start, just start doing something that you want to do is to stop talking about it and just start doing it. Yeah. Do it the way that you want to do it. Yeah. Do, do it, the, do it the way in accordance with your, your beliefs. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Leah, maybe there's a better answer that you can give. I think that's good. It's pure. I think that sounded pretty good. Yeah. I'm happy with that. I'll take and, that. And I think like <laughs> suffer, like be, be prepared to suffer. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we, we both left like, you know, pretty good jobs in the context of being, you know, 23 or whatever, um, and moved into Leah's parents' attic and like, you know, worked on a 15 inch CRT monitor for two years. And then, (laughs) you know, once we could afford to move into our own little apartment, it was like, you know, crammed in the living room on like two laptops and doing that for a couple of years. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just sort of like, we didn't, we didn't have any illusion that it was going to be a success right away because we, we believed in the long view, I think of like, do work that you believe in and, and, and let, let the rest fall into place rather than like, you know, I guess, I don't know. I guess we had the patience to, um, the patience to see what could be perceived as a failure at first as just part of the process to getting somewhere interesting. Yes. And a lot of people, I think, that are successful with this kind of same things have that same outlook where they acknowledge what it is. They realize it's not exactly what they want, but they're not discouraged and they continually go. So I, I think that's good advice. So because it's it's tangible and it's realistic, you know, and I think that anybody that wants to start a company or that's out there listening that is on the fence about it or even going freelance, I think that it's just about following your heart. If, if your heart tells you, and this sounds vague and really ridiculous as well, but if you, if something tells you, you know, mentally or physically that you need to go and do something else, um, allow that voice to take you somewhere. It's going to take you to the, the unknown. It's going to feel weird, but you know, I think that's what life's about. So but I don't know. It's like, how do I know? Whenever I see a studio that I really 
I, I find them and I love their work and I start to read up on them a little bit, I almost always find a story that goes something like, you know, we were just a couple of artists doing whatever. Yeah. And we decided that we wanted to do things the way we wanted to do and, and work on the kind of projects we believed in. So we started a studio and here we are. Right? Yes. It's never like, you know, I got a bachelor's in <laughs> commerce and then, you know, went out and found somebody that could draw. And then we started to like, it's always, um, at least for me, the most inspiring people in studios and companies I meet, it seems like it, it, it always comes from this place of like, oh, fuck it. Who cares? Like, let's just start this thing and, and see what happens because we're going to do this stuff anyway in our spare time. So why not do it all the time? Yeah. And and I think that, you know, the universe rewards that kind of passion and, and ballsiness. Self-fulfilling. To just do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there you have it, people. That's a golden advice. <laughs> Get off your ass and go get stuff done. I have something. I have something I'm going to send you guys too, and I'll probably I'm going to bring it up. I'm about to release it on the on the internet. It's a my friend Vitaly gave me this this grid. It's 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 uh, 52 boxes wide, and uh, I don't know, all the way up to like 90 years. So there's 90 boxes tall, and you can pence. You basically every at the end of every week you mark in a square, and it shows you how much of your life you've used so far. And how much Whoa. you probably have left. <laughs> what do you mark into the square? I just make a, a little square, like a little, I just fill it in. <laughs> oh, you just you just sort of exit out. Yeah, you'll see. I'll send it to you. And Are there any mm -hmm. rules around like every time you go to McDonald's, you take one off the back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time you eat a Big Mac and you <laughs> don't throw it and up. every time you have a smoothie, you add, you add one back. <laughs> you erase one, yeah. Yeah, you go you go back. My dad I was telling my dad this and he was like, This is wonderful. So in the beginning you should say uh start with the diapers and then at the end you say you, you end with the diapers. And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> I was like, If you're lucky, Dad, if you're lucky. <laughs> but it's it's pretty funny. I, I'm gonna I'll send it to you and, and I'm probably I'll probably try to get it out there. If anybody wants that, it's, I'm gonna try and post it on like Facebook and Twitter and stuff. But um, it just came up to me because of goals and big life things and stuff and, and what we're talking about. And, and I think those kind of things help people like us just go, you know what, we got to focus on this. We got to get this done. Uh, you know, like seeing the bigger picture, I suppose, you know, some, some people would be afraid by that or, or, or dismiss it. For me, I like to look that straight in the eye and go, fuck, you know, like it's time to, time to get some shit done, you know? So, mm. yeah, yeah, definitely. But thank you both, seriously. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to someday get up there, and I'd love to meet you guys. Um, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. I really admire what you guys are doing, the work. Big pats on the back to the entire studio and everybody that you've managed to create and have together and make an awesome family up there because you guys are doing it right, and you know the community and myself appreciate it. So Cool. Well, yeah, it's one thing we can't overstate is how, how awesome our team is. Oh yeah, it shows. I know. Yeah, and that's awesome. And good on you for not just being like, yeah, it's just us. You know, we're the know. we're the fucking know. shit, and everybody else, you know, whatever. So. We are not the smartest people in the room. Yeah. that's the best way to do it. But awesome guys. Well, have a wonderful day, and and thank you so much. And yeah, I'm excited to see what you guys are going to be creating in the future. Yeah, yeah, likewise. Thanks yeah. a lot. Killer. Nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you okay. too. Have a wonderful Thanks. day. Woo!